What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Fandom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here today with Casey. Hey. How you doing? Hey, I'm excited to talk about this uh, here show that we done got ourselves unraveled in. Yes, ma'am. So we are here today to talk about the back half and season finale of The Walking Dead World Beyond. They aired a two-hour episode last night, which was the season finale, so the show won't be back until 2021. And um, if you've listened to our previous two podcasts that we've done on this show, at first we were kind of unsure about this show, and then when we did the last podcast, we were both kind of feeling it. You know, it was getting better. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, the last few episodes... They have really changed my mind on a lot of things. Like there were some things that I was not really liking at first about the show, but these last couple of episodes, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it. I, I believe it's found its footing. It's it's mm-hmm. got some, it it's got some strong character development, and um, yeah, I've changed my mind about a couple of things. So, what do you think? Oh, but she's got her Michelle shirt on. Um- Always, always, you know, this is forever gonna be my favorite. Um, it, 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 as we said in the beginning, it did start off really slow. Um, I think it's picked up as they got more into everybody's background, mm-hmm. how everybody came to be in the uh, in Omaha, and what just getting them to the point of where they are now outside the walls. Um, Again, still being in the Walking Dead mind frame, there's still a lot of things that we got to get used to in this world, like when they had Silas tied up to the the swing set and no walkers was outside. You, you, your face is my face. So I was like, it's just quiet, no walkers, nothing. It, everywhere they go, there are no walkers. Right. Like, That's the one thing I've noticed too. It's just been really like where they at? quiet on that front. Like it's weird. Yes. It's really weird. weird every building that go into is empty. Every uh, you know, outpost that they found is empty. Like you don't even see like remnants of walkers having been there. Mm-hmm. You know, normally they, you know, they fall and you you'll see at least, you know, the bodies. But we don't even get that except for when they kill one and that one is right there, like when when uh Hope killed the one that was trying to get Silas. And but I mean other than seen, that, we're the walking. Yeah, we've seen a few, but n- nothing like it is in the main show. And I don't know if that has to do with the Civic Republic maybe cleaning things up because a lot of the the path that the group is traveling on right now, they are in areas where the Civic Republic has been because that's how they found Percy and his uncle with the truck. And then, of course, they were also near an outpost where they were able to get gas. So I'm assuming that the Civic Republic probably cleared out a lot of that. Um, again, we we really mm-hmm. don't know much about the Civic Republic, but that's just kind of the headcanon I'm going with now because, yeah, it's very very unrealistic that they have not met as much resistance as we are used to seeing our groups go through in this universe right especially with it being 10 years down the road 
Exactly. And the walkers ain't gone. We mm-hmm. we know that you, you don't just eradicate all of the walkers because they're always wherever there are people, there are going to be walkers, whether those people die or whatever befell whoever is a walker. Mm-hmm. They everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you have more walkers than survivors, millions of people in the United States alone, you ain't cleared out all them walkers. No. You know what I mean? Because so, if you notice, even like in the main Walking Dead, they always find clusters, even before the Whispers. Remember when they were outside Alexandria and they found the quarry full of walkers because they had somehow gotten stuck in there. Yeah. But they always had large, that was a large group. Mm-hmm. Even when um Abraham and uh, Eugene, Eugene and, Rosita. and when they were trying to get to... And when they were trying to get to Virginia and they came to that when they were in the fire truck and they came to that spot in the road where they couldn't go anymore because there were so many walkers and they had right. to turn around. So right. if, if, if we're used to th- that world where walkers are everywhere, how are you not having any? Like you, you barely scratched in the surface because even when they went through the fire, there weren't that many walkers there. You know, not- they seemingly got surrounded, but, but in the in the mind of us thinking of our survivors walking through a horde, that was nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's that that's the only thing that still bothers me about it is the lack of, you know what I mean? It seems like it's too easy. Other than way too easy. So yeah. Way too easy. Yeah. I noticed that as well too. And I, you know, I started thinking like, okay, well, uh, again, like I said, maybe it's, maybe it has to do with the civic Republic clearing out some of the walkers or making sure just their areas, because they have interest in those areas that those areas are well protected, but it is kind of strange that buildings have been like completely cleared and, you know, and, and, and homes have been cleared, like there were no dead people in there and you're finding like right. supplies, like there's right. some stuff there. It's just, yeah, it was just. Because you and mean after 10 years, nobody's come through this place to scavenge? Yeah, and and I'm, I'm thinking in particular of the house that our group found themselves in right before Huck and Hope took off. You know, there was that one room that had like oxygen tanks and medical supplies in abundance. And so the only thing I can think of is that that is probably a house that is um, maybe that was kept stocked by the Civic Republic. And maybe that's how um, Huck knew that the house was there and they were able to find shelter because that was a house maybe under their jurisdiction. I don't know. That's that's one of those things I hope that they do expound upon next season because mm-hmm. there, there, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of questions. I think, especially with this being a shorter season, there mm-hmm. are a lot of questions we still have. There's still a lot we don't know about the group. I think at this point, the last few episodes was really trying to get us a little more backstory as far as what's going on with the character. So like we've learned things, like we know who the asset is and we know why she's been sought. And we still don't know why they set fire to and killed everyone at the university yet. We still don't 
quite know that whole story. We know Huck's background. We know a little bit more about uh, Felix and Will. And so I think I think this first season is supposed to just kind of flesh out the characters for us. And then I think we'll probably get into, as I like to say, the meat and potatoes of this world next season. This is only a two season series. So again, I think the first, the first season was just to kind of get us interested in, in these characters, which I think up until the season's finale, they did a pretty good job with you know at first like i said i wasn't really feeling the characters much when when the show was first in do, uh, introduced and i don't know if it was just the fact that it was a new show or if i was coming into it with expectations being that it is a walking dead product mm -hmm. but i think now I'm somewhat more invested in the characters. I will say this. I'm more invested in the fate of the sisters than I was at first. Right. I made it no secret at first. I did not like Iris's character. I don't know what it was about her character. There was just something about her that was kind of bothersome to me. And mm -hmm. as we've seen her character develop and we've seen the relationship that she has with her sister and we kind of see a little bit more about what drives those two characters and the insights. I have to say, I like her character better. Maybe not, she's she's not on my, oh, we have to protect her at all costs list yet. I don't think any of those characters are, <laughs> except, except maybe Silas. Silas is like my sweetheart. <laughs> but yeah. one of the things that I do like about this show, um, it seemed that, first that the way they were developing the sisters it was supposed to try to be like a sibling rivalry thing like you have iris who is the good sister she's the smart one she's the one that follows all the rules and then you've had you have hope who is the rebel who is also smart but she's smart in a different way or at least that's the way they presented it to us at first and then we right. get a little bit of backstory about the girls. We find out that they were both in foster care, both in an orphanage. They were both adopted by their parents. Um, and we find out Iris was the one that was originally supposed to be adopted. And then Hope was sharing a crib with her and they decided to take both girls under the premise that mm. these babies protected each other and that they would continue mm. to do so throughout life. And that is one of the things that I will say has been a surprise for me with this series and that I love is seeing the way that they have peeled back the layers of these girls relationships with each other and with their with their father. Um, again, I at first thought it was going to be a sibling rivalry thing like this one sister is, you know, the hard one and the other sister is the, the pushover. And you just kind of see that it's not that way at all. Both of these girls are incredibly, incredibly intelligent. They both have very strong personalities. And the thing that I love about them, they fight for each other. Even when it looks like mm -hmm. they're not getting along, they, it seems like they have a way of communicating with each other or a way of thinking about things where they take a lot of things into consideration. They don't just jump to conclusions and then let those conclusions sit you know kind of like the situation last night um 
with Hope and Iris when they were talking about Huck. Iris came to Hope and said that she didn't know if she could trust Huck. And Hope kind of got offended about it a little bit. And she kind of tried to start a fight with Iris, which was out of character for her. But then we find out later in the episode it's because she's had her own suspicions or she has come to her own conclusions about Huck. And at that point, she was doing that to try to put some distance between her and her sister so that she could protect her sister. And then you, you right. also see a little bit later where we find out Hope is supposed to be the asset because she's supposed to be this child genius that her father has never told her exactly how smart she is and what she is. And this makes Hope an asset. This is why the Civic Republic is after her. And then we find out later that it's not just Hope. It's a combination of Hope and Iris when they are together. The things that they do together and the things that they accomplish together is what makes Hope quote unquote, the asset, but it's really the two girls together. But of course, the Civil Republic doesn't know that yet. And I, right. I really like the way that they kind of pull that together. It's like these two girls have a relationship that in any other show, any other movie, any other storytelling trope, they will be pitted against each other. And it would be for different reasons. Mm-hmm. It could be because one is, I mean, we don't, exactly no I, I I'm not gonna say that hope is just, just a regular you know Caucasian girl because she doesn't look just plain white to me that's just you know that's just how I look at her but it could easily be a whole oh you're you're a white sister you're a black sister so there's a race barrier and then you know hope is what is considered a quote-unquote normal size iris is a little bit thicker and of course in some in some stories, that could be a thing. And, you know, Iris mm-hmm. is the one that's um, outwardly smart and Hope is the one that's kind of the rebel. That could be a thing that will put, pit them together. And instead, mm-hmm. none of these differences are ever mentioned in this show. And it's just right. that the, the girls are kind of competing with their own ideas of who they are themselves. And the other sister is constantly pointing out to them how great they are, how important they are, how smart they are. Like they're, con- they're consistently encouraging each other. They're consistently lifting each other up. They're consistently protecting each other. I love that about the show. If I don't love anything else about the way they're telling stories in the show, I absolutely love this. I love the fact that they are taking two strong, young female characters and they are making them allies instead of you know frenemies or rivals I love that about the show and it makes that it does make them stronger it makes the story stronger and this is what I'm liking about it even though they disagree on some things the whole thing with Silas comes to mind where Iris believed Silas and Hope didn't but still it wasn't Mm -hmm it wasn't a disagreement to the point where they were at odds with each other because they both had valid reasons to feel the way that they felt about the situation. And they approached those discussions about those reasons in a very mature way, which I would probably attribute to the fact that they have pretty much grown up in this world. So 
they probably don't deal with petty stuff like most teenagers and most right. teenagers that we see, you know, deal with. But I just love the fact that they they show these characters as um, willing to communicate with each other, willing to work together, willing to um, explore the different possibilities with each other and also willing to sacrifice for each other. This, that's probably the, their relationship is probably the best thing about the show to me. And right. I didn't feel that way at first. I was just kind of like, oh, this is going to be one of those shows where the sisters are going at each other and we're going to have to watch <laughs> them bicker all over the country. And it, it definitely has not been that. And that has been a very pleasant surprise. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like their dynamic in because you, it, it also shows you you don't have to be blood to be family. Exactly. Because that's even what that's what um, Elton was saying when Silas left. Like, we don't leave our people. Mm-hmm. You know, we came out here as us four. So now that something seemingly bad happened, this ain't when you abandon him. Right. You know, this is not when you leave him, let him go off by himself mm-hmm. and to be alone and stupid what he thinks he's done. Right. No, you go after him and you, you, you know, you try to help him, try to fix it, try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because like Silas, I, I mean, like um, Elton, I didn't believe it was Silas. Like, oh, I just didn't off of everything that was going. I'm like, it felt like but, a setup. But, but, it, it, it felt like a setup. And Huck did it in such a way that you automatically think, oh, it was Silas. Left his wrench there, beat the face in, you know, all that. And short of Percy being missing, you know, because you knew with him being alive, he was, we was going to figure out what happened. Right. You know, she left somebody alive. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, but she left somebody alive. Mm-hmm. So we were going to figure it out at, at some point. I think I figured it out when it happened, but you know, as the story unfolds and then we see Percy and he's like, who, you know, okay, who shot you? And then when, when Elton was having conversation with the fake Percy, you know, the delusion of Percy mm-hmm. and he's like, just, just leave me here. You know, you see it's a bullet wound. You see I'm bleeding out. You see, just leave me here. Mm-hmm. And even him, and um, Percy being a new piece of this family that they're building, he couldn't even leave him. Right. And he didn't have nearly as big a connection that, with him as he did with anybody else who mm-hmm. he initially started off with. Right. So it was like they're building, but that's, that's, I think that's also what they do. And even in the original Walking Dead, their whole premise is family. Mm-hmm. And so they're carrying that part along into the next, you know, Walking Dead world that they've built is family and togetherness. And we have to stick together and we have to be there for each other to help each other through this time, which is the same thing in The Walking Dead and even in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. So because, again, family, family and family, family. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Two things that I know and I wonder if you noticed when they got in the season finale when they found the house when they initially got in the house did that take you to Hilltop because when they first got in it's the stairs it's the door where where, uh, the survivors went and talked to Gregory it's that foyer it's that closet did you 
did that come to your mind? Because it immediately came to my mind when I saw it. I said, that's Hilltop. You know, it did you did, notice that. But here's it's the funny not, thing, because, the because the show doesn't film in Atlanta. The World Beyond films in, it actually films in Virginia. So maybe, and that could just be the set designers that, that I, you know, because Hilltop is supposed to be in Virginia in or in that area. And the world beyond is filmed in Virginia. So maybe that's just the style of house that's there. But if so, that's a very good attention to detail. But no, I, I didn't notice that. But then also when Elton was sitting and Percy was passed out, did you notice the wall of spikes? The pikes were along the top of the wall, of the top of the hill. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch now. Go back sure I did. and look, because I saw them and I'm like, they're supposed to be in New York. But you saw the wall, you saw the pikes, you saw them. Like I saw them, and I was like, but I'm like, I'm have to go back to and watch this far from. New York. Yeah, you're gonna have to go back and look. Just you know, fast forward to those parts when they first go into that house. Look in that house, and you're gonna pause it, and you'll see hilltop. I, that's the first thing that came to my mind was that front, right when they walked, and when when our survivors walked into hilltop, that's what they walked into. That foyer and the staircase and the off to the side office. Yeah, you're gonna have to go back and look. And then when and then when Elton is sitting talking to the fake Percy, you know, his delusion of Percy. Right. Look, you'll see the pike, the pikes at the top of the hill. I was okay. like, I'm gonna go back and look at that. I'm gonna go back and look at that. But I'm so glad I don't know. And what do I don't know if that's supposed to tie those two in. You know what I mean? Even I'm though beyond is only two seasons. Now. But you know it it's because it, it Yes, at that point, the survivors had walked the horde off of the cliff, but they're even as you know, they were sitting there. There were four walkers that came up that were trying that person was like, just leave me, let me let them get me. Because the pikes would be the whispers. And then of course they all went over that cliff. So that could possibly possibly explain why there are not that many walkers in that area, but you're supposed to be in New York, not Virginia. So that's True. something to look at. But Go they're also supposed to that. be. So I don't. I don't know if they've actually made it into New York yet, because even when I think when Huck was driving the truck at night before she self sabotaged, there was a road sign on the side that kind of told them, you know, it was like a mile marker. And it said Ithaca, but I think they still had like almost 200 miles to go. I don't think they were quite there yet, but I don't know if the path that they were going would have taken them through Virginia to get to Virginia. It would. So I don't, it would. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a strong coincidence because also I will say I that, mean, it could that, be. Yeah. that area that Elton was in looked a little bit more well preserved than I would have thought if there had been a lot of walkers there. You know, it was, it was actually- But like, depending on the timeline, it could be depending on the timeline too. But it would be around the same time because this 
because this series, the World Beyond series, takes place 10 years after the quote-unquote uh, sky fell. That was after the plane crash that kind of kicked off th this whole series or whatever. So that's 10 years. In the main show, they are about 10 or 11 years from the beginning of the apocalypse as well. So it's right. They, they are parallel in timeline. Um, I think okay. maybe, maybe give or take a couple of months. So um, I don't know, but that is something interesting that, you know, for you to notice that mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go back and look at it. But since you brought Elton up, this is the other thing I want to say. So I talked about the sisters and about their maturity and the way that they um, kind of deal with things. I have to say this about this show. They are making the kids a lot of the, the main focus, which at first I was kind of worried about that because I was like, I don't know if I want to see a TV show about teenagers, about clueless teenagers. Let me say that about clueless teenagers in the zombie apocalypse. I wasn't sure about that at first. Right. But again, the way that they have told this story, these kids have had to deal with an upbringing unlike, let's say, I, I can even say, well, I think Carl would be around the same age as these kids are, but again, different different upbringings. Carl was literally brought up in this world. He, he was brought up having to fight and having to go through the trauma that he's been through. And these kids were all raised kind of sheltered away from everything. Like this, this trip that they're taking into the world is their first real exposure to it since the night that everything happened. So they're... Right their thought processes and uh, thought processes and and the way that they approach things are going to be a little bit different. Elton is a good example because when Elton leaves to go find Silas, he's also leaving to, you know, on the off chance that he might be able to find his mother and sister. And at this point, Hope has to tell him about what happened the night that her mom died being that Elton's mom accidentally or or maybe I mean I guess depending on how you look at it she probably shot her on purpose thinking she was protecting herself or she may have shot her accidentally but either way it goes Elton's mom killed Hope's mom and then Hope right. accidentally killed Elton's mom and you would think with a reveal like that for most kids they don't have the mental capacity to think rationally about that situation it would just most likely be oh you shot my mom you killed my mom and then you knew that it was my you know hope knew for a while who it was once she saw the picture but she still kind of kept that from him thinking she was protecting him any other kid any other series any other i mean reality they would have flown off the handle they would have that would have been a big thing but even when Elton was there and we see him struggling with all of this. And at first I was kind of wondering about his struggle. And then he started tearing his mom's pages out of her book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, he is angry, but it didn't click for me until later that he was actually angry at her and not at hope. I thought he was just angry at the situation. But when he was sitting there talking to delusion Percy, <laughs> 
Delusion <laughs> Percy was trying to tell him, he was basically trying to make him, you know, say that he was upset with hope or that he was the same way he, you know, yeah, you can leave me and all this other stuff. Just basically trying to say, yeah, when it comes down to it, everybody is out for themselves. They're just going to save themselves. You're no different. And his whole thing was, I'm not like her. I'm not like her. And at first, it makes you think that he's talking about hope when in actuality, he's talking about his mother. And he says, so he says, I don't blame hope. She was a child but my mother knew better. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And right. it can, a lot of people will probably look at those situations and think, oh, that's unrealistic. You know, he was, he's probably what, 15, maybe 16. Nobody mm -hmm. has that kind of mental maturity, but we already see Elton is not your typical teenage child, you know, right. none of these kids are, they all are very intelligent in different ways. Even Silas, the way that he's presented to us, he kind of comes off as maybe slow or he comes off as socially awkward as, as kind of an introvert. And then we see what his backstory is that he was, you know, his father was abusive and that he actually accidentally killed his father in self-defense. And then right. you have to deal with that kind of guilt you know, thinking, oh my God, I, you know, I killed my dad. That wasn't what I meant to do. And then to have that stigma behind it, you know, even to the point where your mother turned, your, your mother turned her back on you and right. you were in a way protecting her as well, mm -hmm. you know, and then you come to a new school after all of this stuff has happened, people are talking about you behind your back. They're making assumptions about who you are, Why you what there? you do. And you have one person who is Iris, who seemingly ignores all of that and treats you with kindness. That's really when I started liking her character, because mm -hmm. anybody else in her position, anybody else, you know, her age, everybody else was was doing what, what everybody else does, which is point mm -hmm. fingers, talk behind your back. And she wasn't. And I said this in the last episode. That was what made me start liking Iris because she is not the type of person to follow the crowd. You know, right. she does think for herself and she does analyze things and she looks at she looks at different angles and, and comes to her own conclusion. And with Silas, he is the same way, just in a different way. You know, he has very good instincts when it comes to people, I think. He knew that Percy was off. He knew something wasn't mm -hmm. right about Percy. And of course, nobody wanted to listen to him because they just think he's being, you know, quote unquote, you're being You know, you're being <laughs> awkward. You're being, you know, antisocial, whatever the case is. Turns out his instincts are right, you know? Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that they are giving us intelligent, children or intelligent teenagers even though they're sheltered even though they haven't dealt with this world in a lot of ways they're prepared to deal with things that our other group weren't at first because that group was mainly trying to just survive you know they're out there in the street right. they're in ground zero they're dealing with the walkers. They're dealing with 
other people trying to harm them to take what they have to survive. These kids haven't had to do that. So they have a different way of thinking about things and looking about at, uh, or looking at things and approaching things. And I thought it was going to make for very unrealistic TV. And honestly, it hasn't. I've actually enjoyed watching their journey. And then you add the you add all of the additional stuff with you, you've got this, this guardian who, you know, the girls want to look at as a brother and he's so hell bent on being the responsible one. And of course we see in last night's episode, it's not just with the girls. He was like this with Will. He was like this with Leo. That's just the type of person he is because he didn't Mm -hmm. have that in his life. His parents turned their backs on him when they found out he was gay. And he has had to always right. take care of himself and take care of other people. And he doesn't know how to kind of let that go. So we've been learning about his journey. And so I'm starting to like him a little bit more as well. Now, Hook. So I think you and I discussed it in either the first or second episode where we covered this show. But I think we both said that there was something kind of off about her like Mm -hmm. we didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. there was just something that was just weird Mm -hmm. I never thought Mm -hmm. it was crazy that she was the colonel's daughter and that she is CRM and that she was like to see how treacherous she was and and they started setting us up for this last week when we found out a little bit more of her backstory as far as turning on her fellow military people because right. they were given orders to to kill, kill everyone they were like infected or not you have to kill everyone they basically were you know and and she couldn't do it so at that point i was like oh okay that would kind of make me stand offish too but i kind of liked that about her character you know the fact that she didn't let somebody's orders stop her from doing what she knew was right in her heart. Okay, so they were setting us up for the okey-doke because here we go the next week and her fucking treachery. It's my mama. She done... That's... And she done slashed Felix's leg. Felix sitting here thinking he didn't he didn't hurt it on barbed wire. When I saw that, I was like, okay, you know I what? Thought I thought he was bit. I, I was scared of that. I thought too. he was bit. I was scared of that too, because every time they showed him pulling off a band-aid, you could only see like a little bit of what was there. I was like, if y'all, you know, I just y'all gonna kill him off already. He ain't even making one season. <laughs> I was like, and then don't kill him off. No, this is the other thing. I was like, y'all can't kill him off after y'all give us this backstory about this gorgeous ass boyfriend he has. Like, y'all can't be killing him after y'all. Like, I'm seeing this episode and I'm seeing his little his little relationship with Will and you know how Will volunteered to go, you know, with Leo for him so that he could kind of, I guess, find himself or find a way to be himself without having to always do for other people. 
like that kind of sacrifice. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm rooting for them now. You can't kill Felix now. You just can't kill Felix. And then, of course, you know, we started out the episode. Will is being chased by the CR. I was like, okay, if y'all are going to give us backstory just to kill both of them, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not watching the next. I, I literally was like, if y'all kill them. And then towards the end, when when the whole thing with Silas was about to go down, I say, if y'all kill him, I'm done. I'm done. That that was my That was my thought. Because we already got a small group. You can't kill nobody y'all. Okay, you killed the uncle. We thought he was going, you know, we, I thought they was going, you know, because he was like, once we get further than this, we, you know, we, we it's wherever, wherever we go. That's told you right there. He was going to be dead. <laughs> Don't make no plans. Well, you have world. a future. <laughs> Don't make no okay. plans. Okay. So, <laughs> so once he died and then Percy was gone, I'm like, Lord, they done killed off two people. Okay, see, and then once Silas left. I never thought Percy was dead either I because did. when he, Iris was in was the gone. truck, when Iris was in the truck and had fallen asleep waiting for him, when she heard the commotion, you could hear footsteps. You could hear someone running. So I think- oh, I, I missed that. Yeah, you can hear somebody running. And then I watch the TV with closed captions as well. So the closed captions literally oh. said footsteps running. And I was like, because at first I was like, what is that I'm hearing? And then I looked at the TV and it said footsteps running. I said, okay, someone's running. I said, so that means someone either attacked someone. And then, of course, when we saw what the scene was, I said, okay, so either, I mean, I had even gotten to the point where I thought Percy might have done that to his uncle. I was like, okay, Percy did that to his uncle and um, framed sight for it and took off to kind of add to that. I never, ever, 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 ever thought that that was Hook. Never. Like, at that point, there was nothing in my mind to make me think that she was the one. I, I really thought it was Percy. And of course, that's what the writers wanted us to think. You know, they wanted us to think there was mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. or that it was Silas. But my whole thing is, as I'm curious, as big as Silas is, you know, as far as hit in, in comparisons to Huck, one, how in the world did Huck get him into that stall? Because I know Silas wasn't sleeping in the bathroom stall. So, how did she get him? No, remember he had, took, he had took the bottle, so he was drinking. Remember oh. when, when when okay Percy told Iris meet me in an hour because I want to give you my gloves or whatever. She was like, "Come on, I can give you the gloves now." And he was like, "No, I won't. I don't need them now. I need them in right. an hour." I didn't so notice that. Percy uh, grabbed the bottle. I didn't notice that. Door. Okay. I missed that part. Okay, so that okay, so that explains. So that. I thought was my thought was that he had passed out where he was, because you know he in the bathroom hiding, crying, drowning his tears, right? And so he was already done, and then she just she knew where he was. So let me draw you over here, kill you here, and so when he wakes up or right. you know he there found. He's right. already here. Okay. Let me do my dirt where he's at. So he let me say this because I know Huck has her, you know, sometimes you have to do bad for the greater good. She has that little spiel she's doing. But the fact that she framed 
a child because technically speaking silas is a minor he's he's a child as far as we know they're all minors mm -hmm. the fact that you would frame a child and have him exiled i can't like i understand she has her orders and that she thinks she's doing what she's supposed to be doing to help better the world later but I can't that does not sit well with me I mm -mm. Huck is she's right mm -mm. I can't her mama too though she was like oh what about the loose ends what about the loose ends her mama okay so I almost felt sorry for her mama after the last uh it was a few episodes ago after you know, she cried when her when one of her soldiers kind of stood up to her and said he didn't feel right about what they did at the university. And, you know, at the end of the episode, she started crying. So I was like, OK, she has a little bit of guilt. But no, I just. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Talk about tears, girl. Right. Because you're saying all these people are expendable, including your quote unquote asset sister. Like, oh, yeah, these people can die. We just need her. And then now their dad, okay, so their dad is in bed basically with the enemy and don't know it. And he No. Said, but he, you see at the she was talking to him through the glass. When he, she see, was like, Your daughter will be here. But see, that's the thing. I she think, I don't think he was in the glass. I think she was preparing that speech because it. I think that was a flashback because she picked up the book and she picked up the bottle of wine and that was the same bottle of wine she served to him at dinner. So I think at that point she was just practicing the speech aloud that she was going to say to him because then when it, when it came back to present time and they were on the couch, she almost started the same way and he was asking her what was wrong and she decided not to say anything. I think... At that point, she was probably changing her mind about telling him that hope was coming. And then, of course, he had to open his mouth and say, I think there's something wrong with your military, blah, 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 blah. And then the look on her face, I was like, I said, see, dude, she was trying She was trying to give you an out. Go back and look at that. But I think that was, okay. I think that was a, um, that was like a, a flashback. Like she was practicing that speech. She was trying to prepare herself and I think that's why she was kind of buttering him up at dinner and why she was giving him the wine. She was trying to relax him so that she could tell him, oh, yeah, by the way, um, yeah, we we you told me some information about your daughter and I just couldn't let that sit. So they're going to get her. You'll be reunited with her soon. I think she was trying to loosen him up so that he would take it better than she probably knew he would, you know, being a father. Okay, and, let me go back. I looked. I looked at it as the flashbacks happen and now she's in cahoots with because she's told Colonel he got a smart ass daughter. So my thought was she was he was in the glass and so she's talking to him. My thought was he was in glass. She was talking to him, drinking her wine and like, all right, I gotta go. She'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't think so because one of the okay. things I think because of kind of the way that they that they approach or the way that Huck approached Hope, I think that they are hoping that Hope and her dad will work together to help do whatever it is. You know, that whole two heads are better than one. And it's like, 
they know that Iris is smart, you know, but I think the dad thinks that Hope is a genius because he doesn't know that Hope has been, you know, that they have been helping each other to do whatever. Right. Just like when they were showing the flashback of her fixing the computer, which they could have done a better job with that. The part where they showed that Iris came in and helped her because it was basically like Iris approached her and said, I think that part goes there. And she says, oh, you're right. And puts it there. And I'm like, so if y'all wanted to make it seem like the two girls are smarter together, they should have showed maybe Iris being a little more involved Involved. in the rebuild of the computer instead of just the one piece. Because I'm I'm pretty sure if it's just the one piece, Hope could have figured that out herself. She put damn near the whole computer back together. You telling me she couldn't figure out one piece? They could. I, I think they could have done a little bit. They could have done a little bit better with that. But right. <laughs> um. But yeah, Huck and her treachery just. You know, and then she says, you know, when when her mother's saying that they're kind of wondering about her if she can get the job done, she says, "You remind them what I did to my face," which we saw what she did to her face after you know, the soldiers, remind them what I did to my arm. So you're telling me that you sliced your face and you broke your own arm and sent yourself up on a raft for days, not knowing if you would actually make it to Omaha. Like, that's some deep Just undercover, to get this deep door. undercover shit, but still, it's like if it was... That's some commitment, too. It's some commitment and in another... In another episode or in another circumstance, I would have mad respect for her and be like, oh, okay, you know, that's cool. But no, you did my boy Silas. Not when you got no love for you. No love for you. I can respect what she did, but no. Mm-mm. You know, but I'm. Nobody is team hunt. N- no, no. Not at, <laughs> at least point. not this. Especially, and, and it's. You know, it's also funny because I was, when she and Felix were fighting, like they were going at it, but you could tell she really wasn't trying to kill Felix. Like Felix was, he was slicing, he was was trying to kill her. And I understand that he felt, he felt betrayed. And I, I completely understand that, but I could see where she really, she really didn't want to do that. And I know that her loyalties are divided. And again, she thinks she's doing good, but this is one of those shows and this is one of those worlds where doing good or trying to do the right thing usually ends up being the wrong thing. And I think right. Huck is going to find that out and she's going to be extremely I don't even I don't even want to say disappointed because I feel like that's too weak a word but once she finds out what her mother did to the university that all of those people are dead I have mm-hmm. a feeling Huck is going to change allegiances and of course it's yeah. going to get ugly but uh, again she's going to have to suffer the consequences of her actions and she's going to have to see that yeah you know, Sometimes doing bad to do good is not the right call. You know? Right. Because even, yes, she doesn't know what happened at Omaha, 
But also, you saw that when mom was talking about, oh, we going to clear up them loose ends. We already got one of them. Um, you know, talking about Silas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's only a couple more to loose ends to take care of. Right. So even then, you could tell she was like, she wasn't trying to hurt them, which is why she tried to, you know, fracture the group. Right. But your intention and your your methodology of going about it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to trust her. And girl, Felix and Will at the end. Why is Will in the woods in the smoke with a bunch of motherfuckers? What? So what? I am thinking... Yeah. <laughs> These are all the people that have escaped the Republic. That's what I'm thinking. I'm either thinking they, they either escaped the Republic or those are people who probably escaped from Omaha and maybe Will was on his way back and they were on their way away and they met up with each other because Will seems to know what happened at the university. I don't think he would have found that out at the facility where he and Leo were. So I'm thinking maybe, and and it looks like some of those people were kind of injured so I'm thinking maybe those are some survivors who managed to get away and he found out that way. Or it could be people who were on his detail with him. But, um, you know, like he said, he thought that Felix and Iris and all of them were dead because of what happened at the university. Right. So I wonder what the timeline is from the time they left the university till, till this time. It's got to be at least weeks because you're talking, they've, they've traveled hundreds of miles and most of that has been on foot. So it's right. got to be at least a few weeks. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so that means Will was with the Republic prior to Omaha, up until Omaha. So, because he knew about it. So he at least knew it up until then. Mm-hmm. And maybe because he's from Omaha and found out about Omaha. I'm thinking maybe. why they were trying to kill him. They were trying to kill off all the Omahaans. I don't know. That's not work, yeah, but I mean, you know that's, what I mean? That's possible. It could be that Will found whenever he escaped or whatever, whatever the case is, whatever happened to make him leave his detail, he might have made his way back to Omaha and saw what happened and then escaped. And that's how he knew that, you know, everybody was dead. I don't, I don't know. Or like I said, he might've met some of the survivors on his way, trying to go back home. You know, maybe he was trying to go back and get the girls, or maybe he was trying to go warn the girls or warn Felix or trying to get reinforcements or something. Um, Right. And it's just a matter of, I wonder what it was that he found out or saw to make him do that because at this point the girl's dad is still clueless you know he has no idea of of the treachery that's going on so i don't know if will maybe started snooping around and found something out and they took him out on detail to try to eliminate him and you know he might Mm -hmm. you know smart enough to have figured it out i mean at this point we don't know because that was one hell of a cliffhanger they left us on but but all um, right you know it's 
things are about to get complicated. I don't know when the se- I don't know when the season the next season is going to start, and I don't know how many episodes they're going to do. I haven't looked that up yet, but it's kind of like now knowing that there's only one more season left of this show because it is a limited uh, season series. It's kind of like when they do come back. There's no room. It's gonna be for, exactly you. You've got to hit the ground running. Yeah, because you got a lot. They, of they don't have maybe, and that that could be a reason why this first ten episodes moved as slowly. You know that that we're used to because we're trying to get the backstories on these characters. Because once we come back, ain't gonna be no time for this. Because in my mind. The whole plan right now is to bring down the Republic. That's that's the whole plan. And if you have Iris on the outside, Hope on the inside, and now you have these people who have seemingly escaped from uh, the Republic, mm-hmm. some shit's about to go down. Right. You know what I mean? It's, and that's going to have to happen fast. Mm-hmm. Because once Hope is in, and she, you know, she her her goal. I need eyes on my daddy. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it is. And then if she talks to dad, and dad now realizes, because she's gonna tell him everything that happened. Oh, of course. And he's gonna be like, uh, "We need to get the hell up out of here." And the other thing is, if he's not already locked up in some way, shape, or form, he might. He might also, at this point might be figuring out something is going on because if, if they've already told Huck that they've already captured one, that means that Silas has already made his way back to the base or wherever their headquarters or whatever. So dad is going to look. Right. And well, you know what? No, because I think Silas came after the dad had already left because he was cleaning the office when I was... But first- Silas knows what dad looks like. Oh yeah, but, but yeah. Silas knows what yeah. Dad looks like. And then, of course, if Hope sees Silas, and, and, and and Silas knows what happened because of Percy, right? Remember, because yeah. Percy he per, he's with the person who Huck shot, mm-hmm. so he knows. So he may not have the full full story, but Silas has parts of a story. So if I see a man, I've seen your picture. I know who you are. And I know your daughter is. I was with your daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So either way, dad, so dad may already know at this point because they're just now getting hope. So dad may already know. Right. Because we don't know what, we don't know what the time. Which means dad could. Right. And which still means girlfriend still could have had him locked up and she was talking his ass in the cage. So it's so right, right. It's so many, it's so much, it's so many, and that's what they do. It's so many moving parts, right? That now your mind is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because now you're realizing. Because if I seen somebody I seen in pitch first thing, I seen your picture with your daughters. I was with your daughter, and uh, this lady killed people, making people think it was me, and blah 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 blah. I'm spilling all the tea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because our whole mission on coming out here was to find you. Right. I found you. So guess what? This is what we went through to get here. Mm-hmm. 
And so now if hope shows up, hold up, I thought y'all were blah, 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 because this guy here told me this happened and now you're here. So, and then of course, his first question is going to be, where is your sister? Mm-hmm. Why would you leave your sister? Where's Felix? He's supposed to be watching y'all. But, and now he, she running down the story to her dad on, this is what happened. This is how I ended up here. I made sure I came here so I could lay eyes on you. I've already given hope our secret code of we about to tear it down from the inside out and I'm I'm just here to make sure I got you. So when they do come back, <clears throat> a bunch yep. of these questions are going to be answered, and they're going to hit the ground running. And I don't need you. You have to. You can't go slow at this four. <laughs> I need I need them to start right away. Don't wait till episode four to get this thing rolling. <laughs> they can't. Because even at this point, the only thing they can do at this point in that first episode is showing Hope going into the CSR, showing Felix and Will talking about whatever happened and getting Silas and Elton on the path of finding uh, Iris and them. Mm-hmm. That, them the only three things that can happen. Right. Right? That's, that's what I feel. Or maybe Huck going back out trying to find them. But even if Huck finds them, they're not going to trust her. No, not at all. tried to kill Felix. You tried to low-key. You blamed Silas for killing two people he didn't kill. You know, they're not going to trust her at all. So even if she is trying to help, I wouldn't accept help from her. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. Even if you are, you know, on the up and up now. Right. You already burnt that bridge. I have a feeling Elton is... I have a feeling Elton and Percy will probably find Iris and Felix first. And then they will all conspire to find a way to go and save Hope and Leo and I, And plus they got Will and that the he of people he has. Right. Right. But but again, I like I said, I have a feeling once Huck finds out what the civil republic did back in Omaha, I have a feeling she's going to change allegiances. Yeah. Because what she did, when she killed her people, because that's exactly what she didn't want to happen with the people when she killed her team. That's exactly what she didn't want to happen. And then to find out that your mom, what what they say, relationships with mothers are complicated. (laughs) She finds that out. She is going, you know what I'm saying? She's going to be like, hold up. I, this is what kicked my whole thing off. I didn't want innocent people dying, and that's what the hell just happened. Exactly, like eight thousand of them innocent people. Exactly, it wasn't it wasn't the small group that you initially had. No, you went through and slaughtered an entire community because they had children on that community too. Yeah, did all that for one person because everybody else is expendable. And so yeah. You don't know what other smart minds you had in that within that eight thousand. That part, but you'll never know now. Hell, we will. The world may never know. <laughs> but yeah, I am going to go rewatch it again because I missed the footsteps thing. Mm-hmm. But when you go watch it, watch I'm that sure. call back to Hilltop and that call back to 
the the whisper border because you're gonna see it right and you're gonna be like looky here but I don't know how you missed it I immediately my my eyeballs went immediately to I'm like because I was I was trying to figure out because it took me a minute to realize that Elton was manifesting Percy because oh, okay. I Percy was up because I was like I was like, dude, you moving kind of good for somebody who just passed out, you know, shot. And then I looked, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he's seeing things. And I think I was more focused on that because I was trying to figure out, like, at first I didn't know because because the walkers were coming up. I didn't know if Elton was going to give up, just like completely give up, because at that point, Elton had not he had not killed a walker yet. And you know, you just found out this revelation about your mom. You found out this revelation about the girl who I'm I'm pretty sure he's crushing on, you know, that she's the one who killed your mom. So that's not an obstacle to overcome in a relationship. I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> but you just find out all this information. You're separated from your group, your family, and you're searching for one that, you know, is just kind of out there. And I just don't know if I feel like Elton was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm done. This is not what I signed up for when I came out here. Like I said, these kids are more intelligent than we would expect them to be for being sheltered the way they have been. And, you know, he he got ready to leave person. Then he was like, no, this is not the person I am. This is not who I'm going to be. And he made a decision right. to save Percy, you know? So, yeah. I liked how in that moment when he was talking to his manifestation, he was, uh, Percy was like, we have a minute, come have a seat. And how everything just slowed down yeah. in that, wasn't that cool? And how the leaves like just that. flowed really, really slow. I'm like, oh, I like that. That was, I like that. That was a nice little inside your mind thing mm. i thought that was a really really cool moment yeah i like that so like i said i'm not i'm not as disappointed with with this show as i thought i was gonna be <laughs> at first i just really was like i i just don't know what to make of it and you know i have to remember i i was kind of sort of the same way with fear the walking dead as well but i think fear the walking dead for me in the beginning it moved faster those first couple of episodes because it was like you're in the frenzy you're right at the beginning of this whole thing and so I think it moved faster this one you know like I said these people they've been living with this for 10 years and they've been sheltered they've been protected so the dynamic and the atmosphere is a little more laid back so I think that's probably just what it was for me I was just kind of like okay is this about to be like the boring version because this is not what I want and I'm glad that the writing has picked up and the pace has picked up and the story has picked up. And we've got some information on these characters now that make them a little more interesting, that make them a little more, um, a little less one dimensional, because that's kind of what I was worried about. Like, oh, this we're about to get, we're about to get typical teenage crush story and teenage, you know, sibling rivalry and it, it's just, it, it's not what I expected it to be. And I'm glad because like right. I said, I, right. I like the characters a lot more we, than I expected to. 
Yeah. And and like you, in the beginning, I was worried because I was like, it's kind of boring. <laughs> you know, kind of boring and kind of... It, 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 it's hard when you come from the Walking Dead world where everything is fast-paced mm-hmm. to be in a slower pace where you're developing characters. Because even The Walking Dead, even the first episode started off fast. Like, the world crashed and shit happened. Right. So you were immediately invested in finding out about this man who woke up from this hospital bed and woke up to a whole new world. Right. So and you were immediately... Even, in- even, the, even in the beginning, you have him and Shane going on a chase and him getting shot. Like, that was the first That was the first of the episodes. So it was like, whoa, we starting out like this? Like, he's supposed to be the main character. He already right. So it, it was kind of like... <laughs> right. And this one was kind of like, you know, you got... You got kids in uniforms going on a school bus on a trip, and you've got one throwing away up under the bus. I was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> you know? Right. She's flicking <laughs> off the Republic and and uh, stowing away on the bus and right. running to her mom's grave. And what the hell? <laughs> so, like, what? Yeah, it, it had to have, but I, I guess you have to have that in order to get to where we are now. Right, but had had Beyond been the first show in the series, I can't say after the first few episodes I would have stuck around. Right, I don't. Think you know so. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Only for the fact that it's a Walking Dead show, and we're used and have history with the Walking Dead, and we wanted to figure out more information about the Three Rings helicopter that took Rick away. That's what the draw was. Yeah. That really what the draw was because oh, it's three rings in the show too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's find out where our man went. <laughs> right. So that that was the draw in it, mm-hmm. but they had to do it that way because had they not, I don't think anybody would watch. It doesn't have. It, it took you ten episodes to build up to act to where we are now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it. Second season, final season. My anticipation is that will it will go at a much rapid pace, much they more rapid pace. They gotta come with it, and they can't. And, and and the only thing about this is they literally have to tie everything up because you can't leave no cliffhangers. No, because we're not gonna see these people again. Mm-mm. So whether you kill everybody off or everybody free, and I don't know, it would have to be some. And they can't, the people can't go to the Walking Dead because that show about to end, unless they have another another show, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, another Walking Dead. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch um, Talking Dead last night, and I think there are a couple of other interviews. Um, I've been seeing clips of interviews that uh, Scott Gimple did um, because, of course, you know, a lot of people were wondering where we're going to see Rick in, in this season finale of The World Beyond because people are, are speculating that Rick is at the New York facility. So I think he answered some questions about that and about Rick and about the future of the franchise. And also, I think he, um, he did say something about the Carol and Daryl show is going to become the mainstay show once the flagship show ends. So I'm going to go back and read those interviews just to kind of see what was said, because I do, 
I don't want to be spoiled too much, but I do kind of want to have an idea of what to expect. Right. Um, you know, especially because we know that they're going to have to, they're going to have to bring some kind of conclusion to the Rick story before the main show ends. I've already heard rumors that Michonne is coming back. You know, there's rumors that Rick is coming back for maybe the last couple of episodes of the main show. I don't know how true that is, um, but I do want to see how this is going to tie together with the main show. And then also the Fear of the Walking Dead um, story will also fold in with World Beyond and The Walking Dead as well. I'm, I'm still in the process of catching up on Fear of the Walking Dead. I've only watched, um, I've only watched like maybe three or four episodes. And then I've caught like clips of the recent episodes and it looks interesting. So I'm like, okay, I am definitely gonna have to get caught up so that I can just kind of be on one accord. And then also I, um, I did a, I, I like to do like thrift store shopping. That's where I get a lot of my books or bar, bargain book shopping. So um, I went to one of the bargain stores we have here and I'm walking just kind of, you know, minding my business, looking to see what they have. They had the Walking Dead Compendium One, which is a $60 book. I bought it for $10 brand new. Oh, and I found a copy of uh, the novel dealing with uh, the fall of the governor. I found that in the store as well for like two fifty. So I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get some reading done." So I think hopefully by the beginning of the of the year, um, hopefully by January, I'll be completely caught up on everything Walking Dead. And then, I, and then I'll be back where I'm supposed to be, you know, because that was my, you know, that was my main universe for quite a while. And then, I, like I said, I just kind of fell off Fear the Walking Dead, uh, partly because of work. And then also because there were a couple of characters that was just kind of like, I'm so sick of seeing your face right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I wanna, yeah, yes, yes, I will admit, but I do want to get back in, I, I do want to get back into it. So that's my goal, uh, to start 2021, fully caught up on the walking dead, fear the walking dead and everything so that we can kind of, um, get into it for these six episodes that's coming i'm so excited i'm so excited and i can't wait i did hear can't wait. i did hear um a comment about the negan backstory episode uh scott gimple was saying that's one of the best episodes that the writers have written period for the walking dead universe so oh wow I'm excited. And of course, and I love Jeffrey. Last episode. Anyway, so. hmm? Right. Yeah, that's, that's the last episode. Mm -hmm. It is. But the, the other thing that they said that they may do is for the last 24 episodes of the series, the last season, instead of doing it in the traditional way where we get like, you know, we get such and such number of episodes and then we get a hiatus and then the, the last number of episodes i think they're breaking it up into three groups of eight i don't know how that's gonna work um so like i said i'm gonna go back and look at those 
uh, read those interviews and see just so I can kind of prep my mind too. So I'll know what we need to prepare for on this show. So that right. we can properly right. cover, because I think especially once we get, um, once we both get caught up on Fear of the Walking Dead, that'll give us a lot more material. And I think it'll give us a lot more material to speculate on as far as how the, the right. universes are all going to connect together and what we might think to expect from the final season. And um, yeah, it may help us tie everything together. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I just, I got to push through. So, but you know. I swear. I'm at, I'm at season two on fear, so okay. I'm, I got a couple. I I got a little more catching up to do than you do. But okay, yeah, because I'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm just over the mid season, uh, for season three. I think I'm like maybe two episodes past or three episodes past. So um, okay. yeah. So, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So yes, we will. Yes, we will. Any final thoughts on World Beyond? Nope. I just hope that they don't fuck it up and they start this next season off with a bang. They're going to have to. Because if they start off at the slow pace to build up to... No. That's not what we're used to. It's not. That is not, we, not we, we gave you... You gave you pass on the first season because you're trying to build characters, you know, get us invested. We invested now. Mm-hmm. So we know it's only one season. You gotta bring hit it. the ground running and at the end wrap everything up in a nice boat where we don't have no questions like, oh what happened? No, all done, all wrapped up, and don't kill none of the main characters. Well, you know, <laughs> this is this is still a walking dead product. Do you know that's not gonna happen? So. I, Ain't nobody safe. Nobody safe. Nobody is safe in The Walking Dead. And with that being said, that's it for our show. You can find the Phantom Hybrid podcast online on phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. Hope you join the conversation next time.